Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. 9.55 here on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans through till 11 o'clock this morning. And unusually, we haven't received any texts from you guys today. Usually we get lots and lots of texts, but that's okay. It's Mercury retrograde or something. Maybe you just can't do the buttons on your phone. Perhaps the cold weather. Got to get those fingers warmed up first. Could be that. 04373 However, if you want to text in, 04373 comes up on the computer here. And we can uh, engage with your with your text. We're talking about pattern recognition in many ways, and there's so much to talk about here. So we're we're uh, skimming the surface and also going deep at the same time. As we do. As we do. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Les, let's have a look at um, how we can use pattern recognition to help us make sense of what's going on. And as I mentioned earlier on, we're we're moving now to a time where we are developing the capacity to see detect directly these different layers of consciousness and understand that people are actually living in different realities side by side in the same physical space but essentially (laughs) as an analogy you know running different computer programs in the mind that shape our shape the way that we look you know at the world that we interpret the patterns of the world and uh, and work with them, you know, and and really shape our basic motivations and ways of organising. And of course, they are within themselves coherent patterns for meaning making for those people who who are at that layer of consciousness to operate that way, that particular way that they are. Absolutely, mm. products of the amazing evolutionary process. Indeed. Um, so, some really basic ways uh, that we can just come back to this binary concept to help us analyse where. Uh, somebody is thinking from in terms of the complexity of their consciousness the fir- one of the first things we can look for is this fundamental pendulum like pattern which exists within the layers of consciousness where the the themes the central concept of the particular system uh, revolves around either an individual way of experiencing reality mm. where it's all about me looking out at the world and thinking about how I can change the world to suit myself yeah versus a uh, community-based we interpretation, which is uh, all about thinking about um, how I can change myself in order to fit with what the world requires of me or or able to allow me to conform and fit in with the community around me. So you've got that basic pendulum swinging backwards and forwards. And you can hear it in someone's language quite simply if you listen to how they talk about the world. You know, they're talking about changing the outside world and coming from a, a motivation of finding the best way for themselves or, or the, you know, the, the most powerful way would be another example. Or are they coming from a place of talking about how they are changing themselves to fit with what the world is, is calling for or, or allow them to conform, to fit into community, work mm. with community, and those sorts of things. So that's a, a very mm. fundamental binary pattern that is the first step in understanding where somebody's coming from and and simply by understanding that pattern you can start to shift and change your approach 
how you communicate with that person, how you interact and, and work, collaborate with that person by understanding one of the most fundamental drivers, which is that I or we mm. aspect. I mean, this, this kind of work is extraordinarily missing, generally speaking, from our understanding of the world. You know, uh, yes. Basically in organisations, certainly in politics, in, even in families, even in, you know, in the local tribes, even if those people who feel that they're kind of together in some way are still possibly operating within, uh, say, 10, 20, 50, 100 people operating in different layers as you're speaking of. So yes. uh, you, you, you can't actually meet another person somewhere where you are and expect them to meet that. You've got to actually somehow find a way to meet them where they are to a degree. That's right. I mean, often we get distracted by the surface level layers, mm. as we were saying before. It's yeah. kind of like looking at a tree and seeing the leaves of the tree rather than the birds that are in the middle of the tree. Mm. And the surface level patterns uh, can be, for example, the topic of communication. So you might share a common topic of communication, but you might be at a deeper layer approaching that topic from mm. uh, polar opposites, mm. where you know a, a self-centered approach or a community-centered approach, for example. Mm. And and self-centered, I'm not using that in a, any kind of derogatory way. It's simply a different perspective. It's it's working from an internal locus of control, where you're looking out at the world and looking to change mm. the world to fit you. Uh, as opposed to the community uh, orientation where you, you have an external locus of control where you're actually scanning the, the world around you like a radar scans and then using that information to adjust your own approach. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and of course, it's not always either or as you're speaking, you know, not likely that you out there listening will be operating from both of those places to some degree at different times That's perhaps. That's right. And, but you, you may be noticing, you may be, may be able to notice what is... Uh, what the bias is, what is the dominant uh, way that you are making sense of the world in, in, in the way we're talking about. It's useful to, to see that, to understand that. That's right. And we are generalizing here mm. and we must generalize to, to explain yeah. this particular way of perceiving people in mm. the world. Mm. Uh, but if from a, an individually oriented system, it's often about generating novelty, new things, and bringing change to the outside world. Uh, whereas the community uh, approach community-based systems are often about creating conformity and bringing stability to the world yeah. and when we combine these in alternation so we're, as we grow through these systems or as we have evolved as a species through these systems we alternate between generating no novelty and then uh, creating conformity within the novelty and then back to the other side of the pendulum gen generating no novelty again and of course if you think about the driver of change when you're generating novelty, if that just goes on forever, it becomes confusing and disorganized, you know, too many new things. And so we need this alternation, this natural binary rhythm to allow us to, to consolidate the new things that we've created, the change that we've created, uh, and then give us a foundation from which to step forward again into creating novelty once again. So it's, it's very, very natural to have this I, we, and mm. you can also call it masculine, feminine, you know, masculine being the I, feminine being the we aspect. Uh, and it, it creates an amazing evolutionary engine, in mm. fact, mm. Uh, that actually drives our, our evolutionary process, which, which takes us from stability, where everything's cool and stable, and then new things emerge, and the new things emerge create a tension over time, which actually drives the movement up mm. the evolutionary spiral. Isn't it exciting, folks, to think of it this way? It's very exciting. Just going back, of course, to the beginning of the way we make meaning, I'm just referring here to a little piece on a, on a term called seriation, which is related to a series, of course. 
And uh, in psychologist Jean Piaget's theory of cognitive development, the third stage of that is called the concrete operational state. It's during this stage that the abstract principle of thinking called seriation is naturally developed in a child. Seriation is the ability to arrange items in a logical order along a quantitative dimension, such as length, weight, age, and so forth. It is a general cognitive skill which is not fully mastered until after the nursery years. To seriate means to understand that objects can be ordered along a dimension, and to effectively do so, the child needs to be able to answer the question, what comes next? Now, this is, this is kind of uh, a beginning stage, isn't it, of this, and, uh, and it's a necessary stage of foundation for the foundation of, of all meaning-making in children, and it also refers, I guess, to early stages of our, of our human evolution as, uh, as societies too. It does, yeah. And I think Piaget's referring there to the earliest operation of the rational mind. Yes. And before that emerges, like even earlier in life, we can still put things in sequence, but we might be doing it simply from a process of pattern matching. Yeah. So we might have seen the sequence somewhere else and we go, oh, yeah. okay, it's like that. Therefore, we can, yes. we can arrange it just through pattern matching, but not necessarily through a logical deducting, deduction process. Yet, no. If that makes sense. That's right. But it becomes the foundation for what you're talking about is, is, a, is a, a more complex uh, approach to, to thinking cognitive uh, abilities as we as we grow up and as we grow up as a species as well and how we can actually make that balance between novelty and stability if you will yeah and play with that uh, that that uh, figure that pendulum swing absolutely and, and use that uh, binary analysis to to help us understand uh, and again to use the computer analogy what operating system <laughs> you know another person or, or a group of people are operating from and is it the same operating system that i'm operating from and uh, if not, then, you know, how, how can I adjust the communication process so that we actually communicate more effectively? Yeah. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Yeah, it's uh, 10.11 here with Steve and Nick on Future Sense through to 11 o'clock this morning, pregnancy, birth and beyond at 11. And stay tuned to BFM for our program. There's different programs now, a little bit of an adjustment to uh, to the programming schedule. And you can check that out at bayfm.org. You can check out all the shows. You can replay the shows on demand from our website, from each program page. You can see the songs that are played on each show too, which are registered pretty much uh, immediately or very shortly after each show here on this station. We're talking this morning about pattern recognition and the, the broad scale of what that actually means, especially how we evolve that ability and how it is, um, how it is um, evolved, how it is um, expressed in different, uh, different people in different layers of evolution, you could say. Yeah, and uh, we're giving some simple binary patterns that can help you actually make a fairly sophisticated interpretation of uh, which layer or system of consciousness someone's operating from. Mm by going through really just two or three simple analyses of, of basic binary patterns which are, are layered over each other or, or compounded. So the first one we, we just spoke about, which was the I-we difference, is somebody coming from a place of uh, an internal locus of control where they want to uh, make the world fit with, with their own requirements, or are they coming from an external locus of control where they're scanning the world and then trying to change themselves mm to conform or adapt. So that's the first basic binary pattern. And often you can hear that in someone's language mm. and the concepts they're using when they're talking. And the second basic binary pattern within the first tier of consciousness is whether somebody's operating from a pre-rational place or a rational place. So whether their decision-making process is based on 
rational logic or whether they are operating from a pre-rational place which which means they're operating from basic urges and instincts Mm. and in the moment motivations which you could uh, say is also an analog for an individual growing up so that pre-rational state is your early childhood middle childhood into adolescence to a certain point before the rational starts to the prefrontal cortex starts to develop which doesn't actually fully develop until the mid-20s or so, when you could say that's when the real full rational brain takes over. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, it's in reality, these things are quite complex. And so there are different facets to the personality and different facets of the personality Mm. will move through those developmental Mm. stages or layers at different times. Mm. Uh, And we simplify it. Uh, You might even say that we, we dumb it down, the process, just to make it more understandable. And, but this is one of those models, uh, you know, the understanding of human nature is, is one of those topics where the more you dive into it, the more complex it becomes. But it's still useful to develop simple mm. uh, ways of analysis because they are useful even though they're not, they can't be applied to every situation. They are very, very useful. I mean, in some ways, that's the beauty of reductionism. That maybe the only beauty, or not the only beauty, but the beauty of reducing something to that simplicity is then that you can actually start to go deep from that simple model. That's right. binary simple model. I think that's exactly the place where perhaps human culture on this planet generally is moving to. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's the foundation of all learning, really. I yep. mean, you know, you look at the way we teach schools, kids in school, they yes. learn the basics first and then they build on the basics. Yes. And as we grow as individuals through these different layers of consciousness, every new layer of consciousness increases the scope of what we can comprehend and the amount of complexity that we can comprehend. So that also changes our learning processes. And this is part of the reason why we see kids in school who learn at different rates, because some kids are at different, operating from different layers of consciousness already at an early age. And as we grow through to the higher layers of consciousness, we are able to immediately comprehend more complex patterns and patterns with larger scope, in in other words, like larger scale patterns, Yeah. yeah? And, and that is when we, when we start to look at the more complex and sophisticated layers of human consciousness, we can see that we actually can learn very, very rapidly by looking for patterns within things, mm. you know, rather than having to look at the individual pieces of a, of a puzzle, for example. Mm. You could say the, uh, what I, the piece I referred to before about seriation in early childhood, how, how the recognition of a series of things evolves. Um, but in, in what you're just speaking now, I'm, I'm seeing that, that evolution from that to the fractal, for example, uh, on the scale that we're kind of now in this culture uh, aware of, um, the emergence of fractals of, the, of chaos theory, which is related to that too. So that just is a very clear example of how we're expanding our ability to perceive much more com- complexity within the systems, within, uh, within nature, within our beingness, within, in fact, the, the very things we do. Yes. Traffic in a city, for example, is a very complex system now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also why you know, diversity in life experience and, and education mm. is important because mm. uh, learning about the way different things operate, you often subconsciously absorb patterns of operational patterns of behavior within certain things within a narrow field, yeah. which are transferable to completely different fields of, of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've, that's something I've certainly noticed in, in my own life is I've picked up patterns in one particular job in a particular industry and mm-hmm. then I'll go to something completely different and say, oh, okay, I can see that pattern in there as well. And so mm-hmm. you can apply it in a completely mm-hmm. different way, but it's the same pattern. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Same pattern of understanding. So yeah. let's have a quick look at um, the first year of consciousness. And according to Graves' model, there are three layers of consciousness in 
two separate sections of the first tier. So the first tier can be broken down into a binary pattern, which is pre-rational operation and this rational-minded uh, way of yeah. operating. And the first three layers, uh, which would be at a species level hunter-gatherer, a traditional tribal and uh, martial warlike or egocentric being the third one, all belong in the pre-rational zone. And that's a place when you're operating from basic urges and instincts. It's very much in the moment. One of the, I guess, the the good things from an analysis point of view is that what you see is what you get generally. Okay, there, there's, there's uh, nothing necessarily, there's no real hidden strategy uh, at those layers. There can, sure, there can be deception, but usually it's fairly simple yeah. deception. So, so you often can uh, get a sense of a person very quickly be- because it's it's you know what they're expressing is is basically raw stuff that's coming from you know the core of them. These basic urges, instincts, wants, needs in the moment. And so, if you can figure out first of all, uh, going back to uh, the first binary pattern I pointed out, the I or the we pattern, and then figure out okay, is this person coming from a pre-rational place? then in the moment you can analyze which layer or operating system they're coming from. And you've also got to bear in mind with human nature that we are very changeable. And so in different circumstances, different sets of life conditions, mm. we may be operating pre-rationally or rationally. You know, So it was just because somebody's coming across in the moment as pre-rational doesn't mean they're always that way. And I think everybody has encountered that <laughs> in their life might, experience somehow. You might be the CEO of a bank, for example, with a, with a, a family at home, and perhaps at home you actually uh, actually very rationally in, in as a CEO of the bank you may actually be the opposite of that <laughs> just flipping things on the coin we met some crazy people and also as you're speaking I'm thinking about the martial level of that pre-rational we're seeing a lot of still on this planet a lot of martial activity and how most of us I think who are you know I'm assuming that we're operating from a, a more rational or more beyond uh, perspective um, see the activities of war on this planet now as absolutely crazy as just not rational to think about like the current situation with Trump and Iran, for example, just one of many uh, examples out there of where seeing this militarism uh, activated again. And for many people, it's like, why? What is that? How can we do that now? And I think that's really, it's quite obvious. There's a, a big split in those who can really see the futility of, of uh, things like war, for example. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's uh, let's just look at the pre-rational mm. zone and then uh, maybe we can take a break. So within the pre-rational zone, you've got three layers. You've got this uh, hunter-gatherer, you've got basic tribal, you've got martial warlike. At an individual level, uh, the, the hunter-gatherer equates to newborn infant. The tribal relates to uh, young family life and the martial relates usually to those teenage years where things are getting a bit wild yep. and, and you're discovering your personal power. And so uh, first of all, look for the I-we and then secondly, if you've nailed it down to, okay, this person's coming from a pre-rational place, they're acting on basic you know, urges and instincts in the moment, then the only further binary pattern you need to work out to discern which layer they're at is within the, the pre-rational zone, you've got two individual layers and one community layer. So if you know it's we and you know it's pre-rational, then immediately you know it's the second layer of consciousness, which is the tribal or you know, childlike 
uh, way of be- behaving uh, in terms of individual complexity. And then if it's uh, in an I system within the pre-rational zone, you then need to figure out whether it's basic hunter-gatherer or the more sophisticated uh, martial egocentric. And again, in modern life, that's pretty damn easy because you don't run into many people operating from that hunter-gatherer state mm-hmm. in, in modern life. So mm-hmm. it's generally, you know, it's going to be layer three, mm-hmm. uh, which is the egocentric layer. And uh, at that layer, uh, and in fact, with all, within all of these uh, pre-rational systems, all three of them, there's no real capacity to connect heart-to-heart uh, with another individual and that that might sound uh, a bit uh, paradoxical or, or weird to some people uh, but again as you dive into this model it becomes more complex and it doesn't mean that you can't connect closely with and be closely affiliated with other people when you're operating the pre-rational zone but there there is a limit to the depth of that and uh, and there's an extra depth that opens up when we when we shift into the, the next three systems which is the rational zone For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on BayFM. Yeah, Junior BayFM, it's uh, 10.28 here on Future Sense with Nick and Steve. Those last couple of tracks, uh, they're a piece called uh, Thoughts. really like that from Sasha Sloan. And a little bit of Sonic Youth. I did actually stop it because it was going to be too heavy for me this time of day. (sighs) Pattern recognition. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about here. And we're going through the... um, Oh, Steve. We are. We're looking at basic binary patterns and we're sort of unpacking human nature on that basis and finding a relatively simple way to start discerning between different layers of consciousness and understanding using the computer analogy, how different people might be running different operating systems than us, yeah. which are shaping them to look for different patterns in life mm. and you know motivating them in different ways. And so far, we've talked through the basic binary pattern in human nature, which is the I orientation or the we orientation, which you could also call masculine I and feminine we. And then we touched on a second binary pattern, which is the pre-rational versus rational approach, whether we're operating from pre-rational urges, instincts in the moment, just in a very raw way, doing, saying, being what we're we're urged to be, Mm. and whether we're operating alternatively from the rational mind where there is a a logical choice process going on there, kind of like if you were writing a computer code, it would be an if-then-else kind of a choice in a computer, you know, if this choice, (laughs) then... Uh, that's going to happen or else something else will happen if I do the other choice, right? So working through those binary choices. Mm. And as we layer these binary patterns, we very, very quickly get enormous amounts of complexity and diversity. So, you know, it's very interesting just to Mm. consider that these basic binary patterns will produce this. So we're going to look now at the the rational zone in the first tier of consciousness. Now, again, we have three different layers in the rational zone, which are the authoritarian sort of traditional agricultural era. Uh, Everything's very linear and everything's about black and white choices kind of being human. Uh, And then we have the uh, fifth layer of consciousness, which is the modern scientific industrial, where we bust out from that basic uh, yes and no uh, choice in layer four to a multiplistic, you know, a, a whole multitude of those choices where we have different options and we look for the best and uh, we're motivated to be the best in life and that being the, the dominant global paradigm at the moment and then the the uh, third layer in the second uh, or the rational zone yeah. of the first tier of consciousness uh, is uh, the 
relativistic, which is the emerging paradigm for most people on the planet at the moment, which Which is moving beyond the modern scientific industrial into this very humanistic, uh, human-centered way of of, uh, interpreting reality and very networked Mm. in its uh, organization. And very, very expressed here in this region, in the northern region of New South Wales, probably as much as as, as almost anywhere in the world. Sort of vanguard. We could see ourselves perhaps as at the pointy end of this. Definitely change. a little bubble of the future. A little bubble of the future, in indeed. This huge uh, volcanic caldera that we call Byron Shire. <laughs> um, so, so there you've got uh, three layers or systems in that rational zone, and two of them are we systems, and one is an I system. So, again, if you can. Uh, Start by working out the I we orientation, then look for is this a rational minded process of operating or is it a pre rational process? If it's rational, then we're in this second half of the first tier. And if you already know it's an I system, then straight away you know it's the modern scientific industrial mind uh, and that yeah. particular worldview at operation. Yeah. If, if it's a we system, then but it's rational minded, then there's one more uh, level of discernment to take place. So we've got to discern between whether it's a layer four mindset, which uh, is uh, very old school authoritarian, uh, a result of agricultural living. And I guess one of the key indicators is that it tends to be very, very linear in its thinking. Mm. So it's all about there being two choices in life. And and I'm talking about two moral choices here. And there is a path to follow, which is the rightiest path. Yep. You know? So a person, based on their particular moral stance, will pick one of those two choices as being the rightiest path. So um, arguments tend to be uh, quite linear and, and also very rigid in that the person has a very clear stance. And uh, in many cases, that's a good thing. And, and certainly, you know, traditionally in society, that was regarded as a good thing when this was the dominant paradigm. It's where the strong leaders, in a sense, come from. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking of our current Prime Minister, Mr. Morrison, who, because what you, what you also, part of the parameters of, um, of Layer 4 is uh, the great religions, particularly the Adamic yes. religions, but all religions, really, the structures of religions that uh, lay down a set of rules that you're supposed to follow this or that, and if you don't, you're evil. If you if you if you do, you're good, and that sort of simple polarity and dichotomy exists very much in our prime ministers. Uh, recently, sort of speaking at the Hillsong Church and praying for Australia and believing in miracles because he won the election. It's all very very sort of prescribed in a very narrow sort of viewpoint, and arguably, um, the the current coalition government is probably very much uh, aligned to that sort of way of thinking, along with uh, Layer Five, which we'll talk about too. But uh, you certainly wouldn't say Scott Morrison was living in the in the uh, in the relativistic uh, world of, of the green layer, layer six, that's for sure. We d- yeah, we don't see that. We don't see uh, that. Aspect in his behavior mm. or his thinking. It's generally uh, layer four or layer five. Mm. And, and as a very, very general rule, when we're talking about this way of understanding human nature, we say that people are often spread across about three of these layers or systems at one time. Yeah. Usually there's one layer that's their dominant way of being. Mm. And then they'll still have one foot in the old world, whatever the previous layer was. And, and often they'll be also at the same time starting to push into what's next. Mm. So spread across roughly about three systems there. Yes. And there's one other interesting binary aspect which comes into play in this rational system. And that is what's known as the shadow aspects of personality. So if you can imagine that the, the pre-rational zone which we grow through is then superseded by this 
rational way of being human, uh, both being within the first tier in uh, Claire Graves' system, it's like the the rational mind casts a shadow on the pre-rational in some way. And so some of those pre-rational things can still play out and will stay out, play, play out in our personality, but we won't be uh, rationally, in a rationally minded sense, conscious of them playing out. And uh, in the theory of psychology, they call that uh, you know, a shadow aspect of yes. personality. And so that further complicates an analysis in this rational zone is once we figure out, okay, what, I'm, what I seem to be reading here in this other person, is, for example, a layer four concept that they're expressing. You've, you've then got to ask yourself, uh, is that a shadow aspect of their personality? In which case, you know, that they might actually be normally operating from layer five mm. rather than layer four. And uh, interestingly, when we're talking about layer five, uh, because layer five is all about changing the outside world, and, and you know, by the time we grow to that point, we, we are operating from a fairly complex mindset. This is no simple, you know, minded process we're talking about here. Remember that it was layer five thinking that took us to the moon and back. Yeah. Okay, so there's, you know, there's a lot of mathematics what I was gonna say, it's, it's, behind that. It's mirrored and reflected in our technology, this complexity of, uh, of layer five. In fact, it's, it's how it's evolved and it's also reflecting back. It's a, it's a looping system which uh, perpetuates uh, more and more complexity as we go forward. That's but right. still within that frame of like, well, what can I do to, for me to get what I want in the way that I need to get it to be? Yes, be yeah. Myself. So, so in layer five, we can actually see these shadow aspects playing out in a more conscious way mm -hmm. because it's an I system. It's about changing the outside world to suit me, and that can be changing other people and other people's behavior to suit me as well. Uh, and so we get a, a kind of shadow control aspect, which is is partially conscious. People are making conscious choices. Okay, okay I, I really need to control these people if I'm gonna get what I want. Yeah. And therefore, I'm going to deceive them, you know, through some engineered strategy of deception. Well, we mentioned fake news before, the whole fake news thing in the Trump administration beyond our worldwide, which is, I don't even know where that even term emerged, but I, I can imagine that Trump and co and this uh, cohort of uh, thinkers in their particular frame uh, just sort of hooked onto it real quick and thought, here's a real great way we can control people. Absolutely. Yeah, anything we don't like, we just call it fake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's really interesting when we, when we start to sort of look at those control mechanisms uh, is... It, it doesn't, uh, it's not limited to layer five using, you know, layer four strategies or ideas to try and control others. Uh, when they see that people, for example, are motivated by uh, ecological uh, concerns, yeah. for example, then they can do what we've come to know as greenwashing, where from a layer five mindset, even though layer five doesn't really understand and can't really see the processes of layer six because that's just the way it is. Mm. As we go through these things, you can't you can't preempt anything that you haven't grown through yet. Mm. Uh, we, what we can see is the simple, uh, you know, observation that okay, here's a group of people that are motivated by anything that's you know ecologically friendly. Therefore, let's wrap our product in a label which says all of the right things and it's you know the right color and everything else, and it's going to appeal to that particular mindset. So we can we can get that uh, capture another consumer deception. base. Yeah, yes. exactly. And of course, we know that as greenwashing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Very good. Um, it's um, 10.38 here, and uh, we've only got another 20 minutes left on the show. Future Sense through to 11 o'clock. Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond is here then. Thanks for a couple of texts. There's one long one here about snow. Really like it. We'll come to that near the end of the show. Great. We'll come back to that. Uh, but this is a really brief one with regard to what we were talking about with the pre-rational layers, and particularly the uh, layer three, which you could say is the militaristic layer. And someone has written and said, uh, Hi, guys. War must be the greatest moneymaker there is. So it's a pattern the warmongers create, says Rod, and indeed that's that's the truth. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, I agree with that. Being a war veteran, that's <laughs> certainly what I saw. That was the deduction I made. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. Two three-day passes to the Brian Riders Festival up for grabs if you resubscribe or subscribe to Bay FM before July. That's a fantastic deal. And you also, as it says, they're going to the upcoming Radiothon prize draws in August, which are from, it's from 19th of August to the 30th. You're going to hear a lot about Radiothon, and I'm going to pitch, we're going to pitch, really asking this time for your support uh, to uh, to keep this station going as a, as a hub of the network that is emerging here in this region to really create, in my opinion, I'm not going to, I'm not going to muck around create a new world let's do it anyway let's finish this conversation because it's very part very much part of the equation seeing what we're seeing seeing how we're seeing and um, how that can be used as we move into the future and i guess what we're going to finish on the last 10 minutes or so exactly what this means for how we are evolving now yeah i think this is arguably the biggest challenge at the moment for us uh, is uh, learning how to see this shadow pattern in Mm. the behavior of the modern scientific industrial mind Mm. and it's drive to want to control and change the outside world uh, to serve its own means and how sometimes uh, it can construct deceptive um, scenarios and make deceptive communications mm. looking to achieve unstated objectives and, and often putting forward false objectives you know, to try and you know manipulate people into taking certain actions. Boy, there's not much um, openness in there and that all those statements you talked about <laughs> yeah i, I oh, know you know it, it's tricky and it's it's an eye oriented system so you know the the central reference is me uh in this system uh it's it's not focused on the impact of of my actions mm. on other people so much as mm. it's focused focused on my success in achieving what i want mm. Uh, and often, you know, particularly for the for layer five, this modern scientific industrial mindset, you know, that's in the material world, uh, and uh, and it, as we know, it also tends to minimalise anything that's not uh, physical, material, and that includes uh, the emotional life. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so this is really our biggest challenge, and through this, uh, what starts out as a very basic binary assessment process of looking to see, okay, is this person driven by their internal uh, motivations, you know, or are they driven by an external awareness of the people and the the environment around them? That's the the first basic assessment. Secondly, are they operating from a pre-rational place or a rational place? And if it's a rational place and if it's an I motivation, then it's clearly the modern scientific industrial uh, mindset at work. And then the tricky part then is is, uh, discerning uh, the whether there's a shadow aspect to play, yeah, and, and as I was saying previously, for layer five, that shadow aspect can be quite a conscious choice, uh, a way of achieving my personal success by doing whatever's necessary mm. 
And that comes, uh, you know, we've spoken previously on the show about the evolution of uh, morals, and we know that morals are a tool of conformity that tend to arise within the communal or we-oriented systems. And then when we break out of the we systems back to an I system, often we discard or at least modify, try to modify that uh, system of conformity so we can st- we can achieve what we want personally rather than having to go with the group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so in uh, in layer five, and particularly as the, the pendulum swing, this big pendulum that swings in this simple, most basic binary system between I and we expressions of being human, as the pendulum st- swings as it is right now to the most extreme version of the I, where the motivation to move back in the other direction is is actually the highest. Yeah. We're seeing extreme cases of I-oriented behavior. Uh, so last-ditch attempt is kind of like a crazy circus out there, especially with our politics, as we all know, as they try desperately to hang on to the last threads of their power. Uh, let's hope. No, that is what's happening. I mean, the, the, the time is over for this layer where there is a new world emerging. Let's be confident about that. I'm very confident about that. I know there's lots of evidence to the contrary. But uh, I guess what we're saying is how do you observe that evidence? How does that emerge? How is it expressed? Where is it coming from in, a, in somebody? Where is it coming from in the collective? Where is it coming from in your group that's activating even perhaps for something or other? You know, all these questions are worth asking in terms of finding a more conscious and evolved way of approaching the, uh, the global issues that we face. That's right. I, I want to point out one more binary system here. Uh, which I hope won't be the straw that breaks the uh, camel's back. Um, But we have this thing called a subject-object phenomena in human nature. And when we are immersed in a layer of consciousness, a particular way of being human, we are subjectively experiencing it. And like a fish in a fishbowl, we can't see it from the outside. And it's only when we move beyond that layer and we grow into the next layer that we can look back like the fish that's jumped out of the fishbowl at where we've been mm-hmm. and actually grasp it in its entirety and also use it as a tool okay, and work with it in a complete sense. And so from layer five, when layer five constructs a deceptive scenario, usually it's not cre- constructed in a layer five way it's constructed in a layer four way Mm. right because layer five a person there is still immersed in that particular way or of being human and and can't actually pop out of it and look back at it and use it as a tool so so layer five that mindset uses layer four so a constructed deceptive scenario will usually look like a layer four system Mm. it's perhaps two choices but only one right choice Mm. okay so it becomes you must do this Mm. because it's the right thing to do and that's often the catch cry of a layer five deception is this is the right choice there's the other choice will take you to hell this one will take you to heaven (laughs) metaphorically so therefore you must choose this i can't help i'm still thinking of the coalition our current government i'm thinking how peter dutton and the whole refugee in the boat scenario when you're talking yeah absolutely Mm. and also in the nature of layer four it's usually a very linear argument yeah yeah? there are no options here there are no it's not a multiplistic argument like you would find at layer five it's a layer four argument there only is one option one viable option here yes there's a second choice but it will take you to hell so you better choose wisely And and interestingly, you know there are there are lots of uh, representative systems you know out there because we've we've been growing through this this uh, yes. this era. 
that's characterized and dominated by layer five, mm. it's built into all of our systems. Mm. And uh, if you think of, for example, the medical system, how how um, driven it is to make people choose only the right medical system. Okay, mm. don't go off mm. choosing these alternative don't medicines, for example. Alternative therapy, my um, goodness, I'm terrible thing, natural therapies. Yeah, yeah, and then you know systems within that, like the pharmaceutical system, mm. which has been designed and and as it's run its course over over time, it's turned into a self-serving system for the pharmaceutical companies. And so the system is designed to make money for the pharmaceutical companies, mm. not actually to heal you. And you you can't get better. You have to stay on the pills and keep buying the pills day upon day upon month upon month. So the money keeps coming in. Yeah. The sad thing is that so few people still do not see exactly what Steve's talking about, but. People are opening because people are dissatisfied, people are overwhelmed, people aren't feeling safe, they're not feeling secure, they're not feeling particularly healthy, generally speaking. Yeah. So the, 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 the measurements, the, uh, you know, the KPIs for the system as it exists, they're not looking so good, really, the key performance indicators. What about, I mean, we're nearly at the end of the show. And we I, are. I know we've got a lot of more to say. Yeah, I think we've got time for me to just drop one little bomb here. So I just want to, I just want to plant a seed and uh, ask people to have a think about the dominant climate change scenario that we're facing at the moment, which is a very linear, only one right choice uh, system that's mm. being presented by, by the mainstream. Yeah. So there's the choice of uh, stop global warming, change the, the actual climate, and or uh, go to hell and, and fry like an egg in a frying pan. And what I want to point out is that is essentially a layer for uh, construction of an argument. Very, very simplistic. There's only one right choice. You don't have a choice. You must do this. Okay. And in fact, to the point of don't even look at any science that says anything different. Don't even report in the media anything that doesn't fit with the one right choice. Uh, and uh, so therefore, uh, from my personal point of view, there's, there's more to be unpacked from what we know about the climate because this is clearly uh, a biased representation of it and, and what uh, I encourage is for uh, people to explore alternative science and at least stay open to it because once we close ourselves down to those options, then we actually confine ourselves and limit ourselves to one course of action. Mm. And if we find out somewhere down the track, as we always do in science, we always find out that, okay, our previous understanding wasn't complete. It we, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't we, complex enough. No, no, we, we had a model, we mm. thought we understood, mm. but over time, new information, novelty has arisen, yeah. Yeah. which allows us to add and make that model more complete, so we have a more complete understanding. And with the only way that we are going to cope with climate change, and there, in my opinion, there's no doubt that the climate is changing, and there's no doubt that it, it actually is in changing in such a significant way that it does pose a threat to humanity, mm. uh, you know, at some level. Um, we must stay open to expanding our understanding of how the climate works. And to do that, we must take at least a layer five approach, which is to stay open to the options and look at every possible option and keep assessing and adding to our body of knowledge. It's great. I'm reminded of a number of things here. Again, as you're speaking, and uh, I watched a, a beautiful uh, you, uh, YouTube a TED Talk with uh, Rick Doblin, who, who you know, uh, from, who yeah. began MAPS uh, in 1986 and a great success right now in, with the um, FDA and getting MDMA uh, on Schedule 3 for research for uh, application to PTSD. And I must say that he, uh, Rick Doblin is one of the most decent human beings I've ever met in my yeah. life. He's such an amazing man. He's a saint. He really is. If you... 
you look at uh, Rick Doblin, that's D-O, like a Doblin, like a goblin, uh, Rick, Rick, R-I-C-K, and you can see his latest TED Talk on, uh, on psychedelic healing, you'll find it. But he said in there, or a simple thing, we have a choice at this time between catastrophe and consciousness. Oh, that sounds like a linear choice. <laughs> Yes, but it does detail a, big, a bigger approach it does. to uh, no, catastrophe. Yeah, There's catastrophe here. We have to do this linear thing. As you're explaining, no, let's actually open our consciousness to receiving more and more information and and uh, look deeper into these issues. That's right. And, and I know, I was just joking then, I know oh, that, that Rick is actually, uh, what his aim is to, is to open people's minds mm. uh, to other possibilities, uh, which, which is really you know a, such an important thing at this time. And it doesn't matter what topic you're talking about. Uh, we we need at this time to be aware of uh, deceptive plans to try and make us think you know in a one track way and discard other information that's coming to us. We need to stay open minded and 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 the evolutionary uh, the evolutionary answer to to this challenge that we're facing is trusted networks and this is what is emerging with a new layer of consciousness and it's why we're being driven to a new layer of consciousness because at this time we need to uh, develop our our organization into a place where we can access trusted networks and use that to make the most informed choices possible Mm, very good Uh, in other words you could say um, make your mind like freshly layered snow and I say that because of our text we received earlier, which I think we'll finish on. It's appropriate. Um, and our listener says, Think of the brain as a hill covered in snow and thoughts as sleds gliding down the hill. As one sled after another goes down the hill, a small number of main trails will appear in the snow. And every time a new sled goes down, it's drawn to the pre-existing trails like a magnet. These main trails represent the most well-traveled neural connections in your brain, many of them passing through the default mode network. In time, it becomes more and more difficult to glide down the hill on any other path or in a different direction. Now think of psychedelics, and we talk a lot about the new psychedelic revolution here, we just referred to it before with Rick Doblin. Think of psychedelics as a way of temporarily flattening the snow. The deeply worn trails will disappear, allowing the sled to take new directions explore new landscapes and literally create new pathways when the snow is freshest the mind is most impressionable and the slightest nudge can powerfully alter its future course that's very good thank you very nice mm. that's it for us for future sense for today from steve mcdonald and myself nick jeans be with us next week here thank you for joining us great pleasure You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.